super excited that you're here tonight. I believe that God wants to do some big things. And Pastor Brandon and I, where did he go? He had to go potty. So he, him and I, him and I were talking before service, and uh, and we said, you know, that we've got a lot of different people in the church, a lot of different people in the room tonight. We've got people who have a great understanding of the Holy Spirit and have been operating the gifts of the Holy Spirit for years. And then we've got some people in the room that are going, I don't even know what is this thing, right? What is the Holy Spirit? And so that's a super exciting opportunity for me because it means that we get to teach at all different levels. And so I want to just open up the Bible for a few minutes and talk about uh, who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in our lives. And so if you already know this, just amend me. And if you've never heard it before, you're in the right place. You know, being a Christian isn't about knowing all the answers. I don't know everything. I admitted that this morning, right? Like, it's not about knowing everything. It's about just continually pursuing all that God uh, has for us. I believe that we need to put our uh, theology before our experience. And I think that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, that sometimes we can get into trouble because we put our experience before the Word of God, before our theology, and then because we had a weird experience somewhere or we saw it done uh, kind of in an unbalanced way, that then we want to just shut off this whole thing that God has for us. So we want to talk a little bit about what the Bible says. Um, I wrote some stuff in my journal like a year ago. My journal's almost full, and it's like on the first, I don't know, a couple pages. Uh, and I wrote this for the church. I said, at, at Living Church, I don't just want the Father's power, provision, and protection and I don't just want the Son's freedom and forgiveness, but I want Living Church to have the direction, the wisdom, the healing power, and the prophecy of the Holy Spirit. And so that's our prayer for the church, that we wouldn't just be a church that operates in the forgiveness, you know, and all the good things, that direction, but we would operate in wisdom and in direction and in power and with prophecy, not just in our own understanding. And so that's kind of what we're talking about uh, tonight. So last week, we ended up, we ended the, oh, I'm sitting down. Because if I stand up, I'll get all excited, and then, I, and then I'll talk too long. And so this is a, a psychological experiment to see if it works. Uh, so Ephesians, we finished up Ephesians 6 uh, last week, and the last verse uh, of the armor of God is, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayer and requests. And we talked about how when we pray, that we pray through our flesh. Help me, God. I don't know what to do. I know. Hi, Brandon. I just told him how me and you were talking earlier. Yeah. He's back from the potty. And so, <laughs> and so how we talked about how when we pray, we pray in our flesh, help me God, I don't know what to do, right? Then we talk through our mind, through what the word of God says, and we quote scripture. But then there's a whole other power of our ability to pray, and that's praying in the spirit. And uh, how many of you guys were here last Sunday? Okay. And so talk about how the Holy Spirit is a he, not an it. He's not a ghost. I came out with a ghost mask, right, and said it's not Ghostbusters, right? He is a spirit. He is a, a part of God, and uh, that when we pray, we pray in our flesh, in our mind, and we need to also pray in our spirit, and that when we don't know what to pray, that the Holy Spirit is the, is the person who prays through us. When we find ourselves in situations that are hard or difficult or overwhelming or heartbreaking, that the Holy Spirit prays through us, Romans eight twenty six it says, in the same way the Spirit helps us, uh, in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes 
for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So when we're praying in the Spirit that we're praying through uh, the will of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, it says, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but speaks to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. So what we're talking about, so, so on Sunday we talked about praying in the Spirit. But to pray in the Spirit, you first have to be baptized in the Spirit. And so we want to talk about that a little bit. All throughout Scripture, there are three baptisms. There's the baptism of salvation, there's the baptism of water, and there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And all throughout the Bible, it gives us this example in this order of how you can receive um, baptism. The first is the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. That is into salvation. The Bible says that God, the Father, draws all men unto himself through the Spirit. That God draws us unto him. Uh, and that when we accept Jesus into salvation, it's the Holy Spirit that was drawing us. The second baptism is, uh, is the baptism of water. And so a disciple baptizes us in water. A disciple. So that's us. So I'm a disciple of Jesus. You're a disciple of Jesus, and so when we get water baptized, like we put on the t-shirt and get dunked in the booth, in the thing, right, that when we're dunked, that we're being baptized by just a person, a disciple, someone who follows Jesus. And the third type of baptism is, that, is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Three separate baptisms. And the reason I want to teach on it is because sometimes we get the first and the third uh, wires crossed, and we think that they're the same thing, but they're, they're, really, uh, they're really very different. So the first one uh, is the baptism into salvation. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, uh, it says some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, and some of us are free, just meaning there's a whole bunch of different people. And it says, but we have all been baptized into one body, into Jesus, into one body, into one man, into one spirit, and we share the same spirit. So we're all baptized into salvation through what Jesus did for us. That's the first baptism. The second is uh, that when we're baptized in water through a disciple. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 19, tells us, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, so that we are the ones who baptize. And when we baptize, we do that in water. We've done whole teachings here at Living Church about baptism. You could go onto the website and watch a full teaching on baptism. It means baptizo, which is to dunk or to submerge or to clean. And you're going to learn about that there. But the third baptism is kind of what we're talking about tonight. And this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's very important that we understand. So the first one, the first baptism uh, is being, is the, is the Holy Spirit is the one who is baptizing us into salvation, right? He's the one who draws us into that relationship with God. But the third one is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So John, John the Baptist, dunk, right? John the Baptist, we think it's a really holy name, but his name back then was just John the Washer, John the Cleanser, right? So John the Washer, uh, he said this. He said, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. So people repent, they get saved, and then I baptize them with water. And it says, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy enough to be a slave or carry his sandals. He's talking about Jesus. He says, he will baptize you 
with the Holy Spirit and fire. So it's through Jesus that we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is in every gospel. So there are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the Holy Spirit shows up in all four, which is pretty amazing because the first three, I'm going to run out of time. The first three are synoptic gospels. The synoptic gospels means that they are similar, right? And so Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're talking about the birth of Jesus, and then they pick up in the story of Jesus' life uh, after two years of ministry and talk about the third year of his ministry through the crucifixion and resurrection. But then John wrote his gospel years after them and said, guys, you left out the first two years of his ministry. So then John picks up and he gives us this insight into Jesus' life that the other three don't pick up on. But all four gospels, they talk about the death, the burial, and the resurrection And they all talk about the Holy Spirit, about how we'd be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So if all four guys find it necessary to teach on the subject, it's something that we should have a great understanding in. And so I already read Matthew. He's the first one, right? That's the one where John the Baptist is talking about someone will come after me. Mark, the next one, Mark 1.8, says, this is John the Baptist again speaking, but Mark's account, he says, I will baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So again, one of the Gospels, Luke 3.16, is very similar uh, to what Matthew said. It says this, John answered their question by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave or untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And the last one is John. And so John has a different approach. He thinks differently than the other guys. And he says this in John chapter 1, verse 33. He says, and I myself did not, speaking of John the Baptist. So John the Baptist is saying, I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water, meaning God appointed John the Baptist to baptize people with water. He said, the man whom you see the spirit come down on and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus got baptized, Jesus himself got physically water baptized. And after he was baptized in water, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit ascended on him like a dove. Not a dove, a dove didn't fly out of heaven like a dove. It's an example of the grace of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell on Jesus and then remained on him. And because it remained on him, he's the one that then baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Okay, so there are three baptisms, the salvation, the water, and the spirit. And when we get saved, you are in Christ. How many of you are saved? Good. It's good news, right? Because when you're saved, when you've asked Jesus into your heart, the Bible says that no one can pluck you from the hand of God. So when you're saved, that's the first step. Uh, And when you get water baptized, the old you is dead, right? You're baptized into the death of Christ. The old you has been laid in a watery grave and you're resurrected anew. And so Jesus he died to be our savior, but he lived to be our example, right? And so if Jesus needed to be water baptized, then we need to be water baptized. And if Jesus pursued the filling of the Holy Spirit, then we need to pursue the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So if you haven't been water baptized, we're doing a water baptism service October 29th. Look at that, dude, Pastor Whitney's on it. Okay, so October 29th, if that's not the right date, it's my fault, I should have looked it up. And so if you haven't been baptized, sign up. Get baptized with us at the end of October. It'll be amazing for you. But then this, the third baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I skipped over this, it's great. Um, so, so Jesus is baptized, but 
I didn't talk about Jesus getting saved. Well, if you're the Savior, you don't really need saving. And so Jesus was born into perfection, and because he was born into perfection, there's not an account in the Bible where he prayed to himself to be saved. And so he was already in the position that he needed to be in to be in a relationship with the Father. Okay. And so for us, the minute you ask Jesus into your heart, you are in the perfect position with God. That's good news. You're in the perfect position. Now, that doesn't mean that you uh, have the perfect performance. You're seeking after the perfect performance. But through Jesus, you have the perfect position in your relationship with God. So Jesus was saved. He was baptized in water. And he, was, he had the Holy Spirit land on him and remain in him. Uh, okay, so it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. But then the Bible goes into Acts. And in Acts, these are the last things that Jesus said before he ascends into heaven. Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 4 and 5. He, it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, the disciples, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but, but wait for the gift my father promised. Everyone say promised. promised. It's an important word. So the Holy Spirit is a promise. And it says, which you heard me speak about, uh, for John baptized with water, but in a few days he will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So God promised to baptize them with the Holy Spirit. So hold on to that word, uh, promise. Acts 2, uh, 37 and 38, it says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to, so this is a different account. Um, okay, I can't talk about all of it, but this is, this is a different account a couple of verses later. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, here's the order, watch. Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See the order? Repent, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, water, baptize, receive the gift. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. That's the gift. And people start getting a little confused and distracted when they start pursuing only a gift of the Holy Spirit. It'd be like if uh, Pastor Tim told me, hey, uh, trusting for your birthday, I'm going to buy you a nice watch. I'd say, that's sweet. Thanks, Tim. And then my birthday comes, and Tim's going to give me this watch, and I take it, I pop the little glass off, and I just take the minute hand, and I keep the minute hand and give him the watch back. No, he said he's going to give me a watch, not just a piece of the watch. So we're not just supposed to ask. That's a pretty good illustration. And so we're not just supposed to, we're not just supposed to seek after the minute hand. We're not just supposed to seek after the one little part, but we're supposed to seek after the entirety of the gift. And the gift is the Holy Spirit himself. Okay. The Holy Spirit is for us today. It's for us today. The Holy Spirit, yes, he operated then with the original disciples and the apostles, but the Holy Spirit is for us today. Uh, Acts 2, 38. Remember I said the promise? Here it is again. The promise. Is this working? Okay, good. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, that's us, and all whom the Lord, our God, will call. So the promise, the Holy Spirit, is not just for the dudes in the Bible, but the Holy Spirit is for us today. We're the ones that are, are far off. So they're speaking to the next generation, which is the children, and then far off, which it, even if it was one more generation, those people were never in the presence of actual physical Jesus. So if they can receive the Holy Spirit, so can we. Okay. Um, so the pattern is to repent, be baptized, and then to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. 
So Acts 8, I've got to read a big portion here. Um, and some of it's just context for what I want to say. Uh, so starting in verse 12, it says this. But when they believed uh, Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized in water, both men and women. Simon himself believed, and he was baptized again with water, and followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers. Okay, so now I'm getting into what, that's just the context. These two dudes go to this place where a bunch of people got saved. Okay. And so when, and when they arrived to the place, they prayed for new believers. Were they believers? They were new. They were new, but they were believers. They had accepted Jesus Christ into their heart. Uh, They prayed for new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So that means that you can be a believer, but not have the Holy Spirit. That means that there must be another encounter that you have to have. Verse 16, Uh, Because the Holy Spirit has not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is salvation. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Uh, And after that, and so through that, many, many believers who were already in a relationship with God received the Holy Spirit because there's a third baptism. I don't have time, but in Acts 10, there's an account where Gentiles received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So all of these people are Jewish, and then in Acts 10, a bunch of Gentiles, which is probably most of us, right? If you're Jewish, it, that's awesome. But if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. That's us, right? And so I'm, an, I'm a Syrian, and so I'm like the bad guy in the Old Testament. So I'm super thankful uh, for this, right? Even the enemies of God can be saved. It's real. And, uh, <laughs> and so, 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 so if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, and you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's okay. Like, you don't need to be ashamed in that. We're all learning together. We're all in process together. In Acts 19, um, there's another story that I think is pretty amazing. Um, Again, it has some context that we've got to read so you understand what's happening. It says, "While while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. So they're traveling. When he found some disciples, so they're disciples, they're following Jesus, they're in relationship with God, Uh, He asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, this is amazing, listen, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, "Uh, what what baptism did you receive? And they say, John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance because John the Baptist wore camel hair and ate a bunch of weird food and he walked around yelling, repent. And then after people repented, he baptized them in water. So that's what they had done. But they hadn't been, they don't, it's amazing. They're, they're defined as disciples, but they don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. And there's a lot of churches like that. There's a lot of churches that love Jesus. There's a lot of people that really love God. They're great people. They just don't have an understanding of this portion of God's personhood, of the Holy Spirit. And so we don't, we don't look down on them. We don't. Like, we love them. We just know that here at Living Church, we believe there's more. And so we believe that there's more uh, for them in their relationship with God. On hearing this, uh, maybe I went back too far. Uh, He told them, where am I at? Verse 4. Paul said, John's baptism uh, was a baptism of repentance. He told 
the people to believe in the one coming after him, and that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus in water. Verse 6, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues, and they prophesied. So salvation, water baptism, and Holy Spirit baptism. I'm almost done. 1 John 5, 7 uh, and 8, it says this. For there are three that testify. Before this, it talks about in the heavens. There are, three that, there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. The Spirit is the Holy Spirit, the water, water baptism, and the blood is Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he shed his blood for the remissions of our sins. So that is, that is forgiveness. So when we get saved... No, I'm not going to preach. I just I don't know how else to do it. So when we get saved... <laughs> When we get saved, we become a new person. So you get saved and you become a new person, right? Then you get water baptized and the old you dies. The old you falls off and is in a buried grave. So you accept Jesus and you become new, right? Then you get water baptized and the old you dies, okay? And then the third baptism is when you get baptized in the spirit, we get the power to walk in the newness that we have been given, you with me? Okay, so we get saved, and we become new, right? Uh, in Christ, we're a new creation. Then we get baptized. The old has gone, right? Then we get filled with the Holy Spirit, and the new has come. We get empowered to be able to do the things that God has called us to do. It's important to know that you don't have to be water baptized uh, or spirit baptized to go to heaven. So I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not saying that you have to do these things to be saved. The thief on the cross hung next to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. And they didn't let that dude down to get dunked in a tank and fill the Holy Spirit, right? He died. He died, and he went to heaven. So, so it's not like, if you don't get baptized, you're going to hell. No, that's wrong theology. But it is something that we want to pursue that we would have, um, that we would have in our lives. Uh, but there are a lot of believers that don't participate in the last two baptisms. You know, they don't participate in water baptism. And then there's even more that don't participate in the third baptism. And that's why we don't baptize children. Is because the process is repentance. So to be able to repent, you have to have an understanding of what you're repenting from. And so here at LC, if we were going to baptize your child, we were going to have an interview with Pastor Tim to make sure, Pastor Max has done a great job at this, to make sure that your child understands the decision that they're making, and then they can be water baptized. Okay, I'm spending too much time on that. Okay. Uh, the Old Testament, I, don't have, I can't get all into it. The Old Testament is, is unbelievable, <clears throat> and it gives us all the symbolism of the three baptisms. So... Remember when the, the children of Israel left Egypt? What happened? So they leave Egypt. God sends the death angel, right? And then they take the blood, remember? And they paint the blood over the doorpost. Salvation. So then they leave Egypt, and then what do they have to do? They have to cross through the Red Sea, through the water. And they leave who they were behind. So now they're not, this is good stuff, y'all. And so they're not leaving. I didn't write it. It's in here. I'm not making it up. <laughs> I'm not. And so they leave them, their old selves in Egypt, and then they step into a new season, okay? Yeah. Except then the Bible tells us that the Israelites, while they wandered, that they were led by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And we just talked about how 
the Holy Spirit is referred to in fire. I read it three times already. And we said today that the presence of the Spirit rides in on a cloud. And so, so we see the symbolism of, of salvation and water baptism and the Holy Spirit. And then, then Moses, Moses builds a temple. And he builds this, he, he builds this, uh, what's it called? The tabernacle. Yeah. Sometimes you just lose words, you know? And so he builds the tabernacle. And when he builds the tabernacle, in it is a place called the Holy of Holies. That's where God hangs out. And it's all surrounded by walls, and there's only one door. There's only one way in, okay? And so you get in, and then when you get there, the first thing that you do is you make a sac- an animal sacrifice. So you take the lamb, and you sacrifice the lamb, the blood. Then the next thing that you do is they have a pool, and you go and you wash off the water. And the next thing that you have is there's a table there with anointing oil on it, which represents the Holy Spirit, and you get anointed with oil. And you do these three things, and then you find yourself in the presence of the Holy of Holies. Yeah. But sometimes we want to, because we don't understand this third piece, we just want to walk around the table. We're like, this is weird. Like, it's a ghost. No, it's not a ghost. It's not a ghost. It's not. It's just, it's God living with you. Okay. Uh, So last week, uh, we talked about how you don't want to just go to a gas station, remember? And if they're giving out free gas, you don't just take two gallons and then leave. You fill up the tank all the way. And so God has three baptisms for us that we need to participate in. Okay, can I have the band come up? Okay. So the Holy Spirit is a gift. It's a gift. Luke eleven thirteen, 13, uh, it says this. So if you sinful people, this is so good. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how many of you are dads? You know how to give your kids good gifts, right? You're not going to, the Bible says you're not going to, they're not going to want an egg and you're going to give them a rock, right? They're not going to want a sandwich and you're going to give them a scorpion. That's what the Bible says. And so that's not what we're going to do to our kids. So if our father loves us, he's going to give us good gifts. Uh, The father, where am I? How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And the Holy Spirit does a lot of things. He counsels us, John 16, 13. But when, the, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit's job, one of them, is to help guide us through life. He'll convict us. You know, you're about to do something you shouldn't do. That's not Jiminy Cricket. That's the Holy Spirit. And so John 16, 8, it says, When the Spirit comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regards to sin. The Holy Spirit will comfort us, John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. So he will comfort us because he'll never leave us. He'll never leave us. Uh, Pastor Brandon mentioned this scripture at the beginning. Um, He said, Jesus told his disciples it was good for him to leave. So Jesus is going to ascend into heaven, and the disciples are kind of having a panic attack because they're like, Jesus, you're the one who can do it all. What are you doing? You can't leave. And Jesus says, it's better for you that I go because in my place, I'm sending you a comforter. I'm sending you an advocate who will be with you always. And then from that moment, the disciples went from these scared little boys running away to preaching and thousands of people being saved. And the only thing that changed was they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so it's good, like, it's good that Jesus went to heaven because, he, because Jesus was one person. He was, he was in flesh, right? He was, he was, what's the Christmas word? He was Emmanuel. He was God with us. 
right? But when he ascended into heaven, he traded out. He sent in the next dude, and it was the Holy Spirit, and he's with us. I, I know, I'm sorry, I, I just am so excited about it. And so, so the other thing he'll do is he'll, he will charge us, he will empower us. Acts 1.8 says that you will receive the Holy Spirit and you will receive power to be my witnesses. Power. The Greek word is dudamis, dynamite. That you will receive dynamite-like power to be able to do all that you want to do and have called you to do in life. Romans 8, I'm almost done. Romans 8.26, it says this. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, when we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do, is he wants to come into your life and empower you and guide you and direct you and convict you and comfort you. And he wants to pray through you so that when you don't know what to pray, that you can pray empowered prayers. Okay, would everybody stand up uh, with me tonight? And so in just a minute tonight, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's easy. It's easy. And tonight we're going to give you the opportunity to receive uh, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says that God abides in the praises of his people. We talked about that this morning, right? That God brings a lawn chair, and he sets up a lawn chair, and he hangs out in our worship. And so in just a minute, what we're going to do is we're going to say, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're going to have you come out of your seats and come up to the front, and we're going to pray. But before we do that, we want to take some time to worship. And, oh, I wrote some other stuff in my journal that I was going to read. Uh, okay. Hold on. Sorry. Uh, okay. Speaking in tongues is a normal outcome of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And in my experience and in my life, it was the primary evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's where it can start to get a little confusing and frustrating and tricky and where we focus on the wrong thing. We focus on something that we shouldn't focus on is we're asking God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. One of the evidences of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in a prayer language that you don't know what it means, right? And But don't be frustrated in that. I prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit for years, uh, for like a year and a half, and wasn't and got frustrated, well, and didn't speak in tongues, and was frustrated because I wanted this gift that I didn't have. But I believe that when I asked, that I was filled, right? And so then a year and a half went by, and I was at church worshiping, like not even praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit, saying, God, I want more of you. And the next thing I knew is I started speaking out a prayer language. And so I received the whole watch, except the minute hand. And then I, I, I got out of my own way. Because that's the problem, y'all. We get in our own way. It's what I talked about last Sunday, that if we're impressed with our own intellect, that we have a hard time operating things that we don't understand. But his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so seek God. Don't seek to shokoboko roshiara, right? I have a prayer language that I speak in. Don't get weirded out. I have a prayer language. I don't know. Prayer language. See, the devil, the devil got mad that I did that. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And so... I don't understand what I'm speaking when I speak in another language, but I know that it's God speaking through me to do something. Has I, baby, have I missed anything? Do I need to say anything else? Okay. We're family, and so I like this to be a family talk, not like a, <clears throat> a performance of, you know, theology or something. I just like to talk about what we're doing. And so we're going to take some time to worship, and then we're going to ask God, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And in those moments, there's really three people that are present 
There's you, you're present, you know. Um, the Bible says that God is a gentleman, and so he doesn't go where he's not wanted. And so to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it's not like God takes his hand and sticks it up a ventriloquist dummy and makes your, like, makes your mouth move. It's that you are allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through you. And so you're present, and so you have to say, God, I want you to be here. I want you to be with me. God's present, and you can trust him. But the devil's present too. And the devil's going to be telling you, this is weird, this is fake. You saw something real weird on TV, and so you don't need to do this. Or someone tried to push you down one time. Is that about to happen? It's not. We'll, we'll ask those people to leave, right? We're not going to do weird stuff here. God's not weird. The world is weird. I have to, I, I'm literally going to talk too long. Okay. So let's worship and say, God, you're welcome here. Holy Spirit, we want you in our lives. We want you to do great things. And then I'll come up in just a minute, and we'll pray to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit.